0: All right, so you
1: you met Chandler through his crash in the car on soft flats, is that right? That is right. That was my intro to bushwhacking. Man, and that's a great example. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Chandler knows what he's doing. He does. So, I guess he got the FJ out of it. Yeah, exactly. But, but we yeah. hate that car still, too. So, well, Nimit Patel, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to have you here, man. I mean, we've uh, we've been communicating for a long time. And, you know, I forget exactly how long ago it was now, but... Um, we only met, like, in person, what, like, yeah, like a month and a half? A couple yeah. it, was, yeah. it was recent. Yep. But we've literally been talking for quite a long time. Yeah. Honestly, maybe even one of my, the longest contacts on Instagram that I have been talking to, and we would chat about, you know, photography, anything, really. Everything, it was yeah. It was good. I mean, we talked yep. about, um, like, working in finance and yeah. everything and, and yep. like, money stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, it's good to have you on the show, finally, and really bring you into part of our family. You get your hat now. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm excited. I mean, yeah, we're in this you're all official. the time. <laughs> you're official. Um, but uh, I think we'd like to start the episode here, just like we do every episode. Who is Nimit Patel?
0: Sure. Yeah. Uh, before I go to that, I just want to say thank you to you and Chandler. Um, Absolutely. It's interesting because, if, like, for example, if you had asked me to be on a podcast like two, three years ago, there's probably not even a chance I would have considered it because... It's just so outside of my comfort zone and all. So I appreciate you guys, um, just both of you guys being, you know, that's how you're building this community, that you're just uh, so inclusive and make f- people feel comfortable. Uh, so I appreciate you guys. And thanks for having me on in the first place. So, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah.
1: man. We, we're happy to have you here. And, you know, it's, it's fun. You do stuff like this with our people. And, you know, it's, it kind of becomes a less know, scary thing to do yeah. this. When you just your friends, yeah, you know? absolutely. Like, like I mean, you would text me like, "Oh man, I don't know how you know how I'm going to be." I'm like, Dude, "We're just going <laughs> to chat. Like yeah. it's not like a serious, highly produced thing where yeah. you have to say everything right. You know, make right. a mistake. You know, Chandler makes tons of mistakes when he talks, <laughs> but like you, you make a mistake, who cares? We just move on right. and keep going. So, but anyway, back to the question. Yeah, who sounds is, good. Who is Nimit Patel? Yeah,
0: sure. So I grew up in New York City. Um, my parents moved to New York in the '80s uh, from India. Uh, but my brother and me were born there. So um, I spent my childhood there. I went to uh, nursing school there. I worked there for four years in a hospital there. Um, along the way in 2015 is when I actually decided I wanted to get serious about photography. So that's actually when I bought my first professional camera. Um, so I was continuing to work as a nurse in the hospital. And then um A little bit over time, like I started doing photo shoots with couples, um, eventually some weddings and other paid work, Um, but I was always doing it alongside nursing. I never um, made it like a serious commitment to it until pretty recently, actually, which I'm sure we're going to discuss that. and then about uh, in 2018, after my wedding, my wife and I tried uh, decided to be a travel healthcare professionals. So that's actually what in the last four years that has taken us all around the country. Um, we actually started in uh, from so we got married, we moved down to Florida for about a year. Uh, we worked down there, we had some family there. So it was easier having people that we knew, you know, in the community. Um, and then eventually, it brought us to the West Coast. And we've been I think the last two years we spent a lot of time in California, Oregon, Washington before last year uh, arriving here in Utah. Um, So that's kind of, you know, the background of the really last eight, nine years of what our career has taken us, you know, all over. Um, And it was supposed to be temporary. And you know some of this uh, a lot more than other people that I've discussed with, but um, it was supposed to be temporary. We were only supposed to be here for the summer last year. And uh, my wife and I just adored this region, like all around. And uh, that's actually when I started, you know, meeting you guys and interacting with your work and you know uh,
1: and that kind of brings us to today so yeah that's sweet yeah uh, before we get into like a lot of the stuff today and and you know what we we're gonna to talk about with photos and everything let's let's stay back in the beginning yeah so New York that is a completely different place than at least here in Utah <laughs> and much of the West yeah I mean you get big cities like LA San Fran, yeah. and that you know right they are comparable but even Salt Lake City, It's not even close to New York. So what are some of the biggest differences that you can remember about living in New York compared to living here?
0: That's a good question. I think not just Utah, but other places I've lived, um, like in Oregon in particular, I would say Oregon, um, is growing up, it was melting pot, right? Diverse people, diverse cultures, everything, everyone is there, Um, and it was a tremendous part of my childhood because like growing up, I was exposed to all those cultures and friends of all backgrounds and uh, learn all kinds of things. And I think that that was something different for us, depending on like where we ended up for those uh, contracts the last few years, as I was discussing. So um, that's been something really different. And something uh, I love about the name of Salt Lake city is that it says city in the name, but i mean compared to again for a new yorker it's different it, it's just tremendously different you know um but that's actually one of the reasons we love it here we like that open area fresh air con- you know not congested like you know that's what i'm used to you know um so but that's one of the things we like about it here yeah
1: yeah so i i don't know off the top of my head how many people live here in salt lake or how many people live in new york city mm-hmm. but I mean, it's not even close. Because no. yeah. I've been in New York at least, I think, twice yeah. or three times in my life. I can't remember. But, right. um, I mean, New York City is just insanely busy. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's packed. Oh, yeah. And it, it does not feel like that at all here. <laughs> right. And it's still a big – I mean, it's the biggest city in Utah, oh, obviously. Absolutely. But, like, it does not right. feel like a big city right. by any means. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really cool because you get a little bit, like you're saying – of some of the city kind of lifestyle oh yeah. but because of the size and location of salt lake in mm-hmm. the west and especially here in utah you know you got mountains right next to Absolutely. the city too which you don't yeah. get in new no, york city
0: no yeah um, and that's something that my wife and i in particular like just opening our window going out into our backyard and seeing snow-covered mountains in the winter for us and i don't think we'll ever actually get over that but uh we didn't grow up around that you know and and and, and pretty much until college i was not even going to see those types of places elsewhere so i didn't really enjoy them until i was like well into my probably like 22 23 years old um and then like going back to your question about like the differences um growing up in new york city and then living here another thing is like you know how they say it's a city that never sleeps so it makes me think back to um um, back in college what i would do is i went to school like three hours upstate you know, from, from Queens, New York, which, where I lived. Um, so I would take the bus, you know, I'll go up, take the bus. It was like 30 bucks, 40 bucks, all other college students coming home, going back from like, you know, Christmas vacation, all that stuff. So I remember being in, um, you know, like Port Authority, like 3 a.m. or 3.30 in the morning in New York City. And they're not kidding when they say the city never sleeps, like, lights everywhere, people everywhere. I was like, you know, I remember I recall being in a McDonald's, um, you know, just waiting for the bus to come in. There's like it looks like it's like lunchtime.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's totally different than yeah. than here. Yeah. I mean, like you come out to Utah or other places in this region and you have some of the darkest skies yeah. you will ever yeah. see. Yeah. And I mean, there's no way you'd ever see the Milky Way anywhere no. close to New York no, City. No, and I, and I didn't. <laughs> yeah, like you have to really get away right from that city the the, the busy life yeah. in order to, to see stuff absolutely. like that absolutely yeah. and like not that like when i grew up we had you know skies like that cuz mm-hmm. i grew up outside of chicago right but i mean we saw a handful of stars yeah i mean i'm assuming new york is probably the same way maybe Pretty even much. less because yeah. it's a bigger city yeah but like you can't see any of that no <laughs> i mean like when you were growing up were you ever inclined towards the outdoors in the way that you might be now
0: You know, it's funny when you ask that question, like physically. So, for example, like as a teenager, even early college, like um, if I heard like friends were going camping or doing like hikes and stuff, I never would I never recall like actually being like, oh, like I want to do that. But it's not because I didn't like the outdoors. It's hard to explain because I feel like typically when people are um, kind of have the personality I do, which is kind of I I do spend a lot of time in my own head and, and, you know, I'm like write things down and, and of that nature thinker right so often those people do like the outdoors they like the solitude of the outdoors and those things but i didn't actually uh, embrace those things until like i said like
1: college or what have you yeah yeah do you so, think having been in places like this now or elsewhere especially in the west do you think you could go back to living in a place like new york city that, that's a good question too i
0: i don't think so and in specifically in my case the only reason i returned to new york city is to spend time with my family so my parents still live in new york um, as well as many of my other close relatives if it wasn't for that i probably would. i don't even know how the frequency of how i'd go back so i often uh during our travels whatever like whether it's in florida or you know on the west coast of california often on my jobs my co-workers would ask like what brought you here or why did you leave new york like a lot of people are that's a place want to live, live want. there yeah. like literally people from other countries want to go and move to new york city or like what have you and i was like growing up in the city i realized i didn't like to live in the city <laughs> yeah so that, that, yeah.
1: there's definitely a difference in, in lifestyle right i mean i grew up in the suburbs obviously right. not like downtown but yeah um and it's not rural necessarily but you live downtown and you can just feel it, it there's a difference oh yeah i'm uh, like sure. moving through those streets and yeah. it's it's not for everyone, mm. especially I think, like in your case, you come out to a place like this and you see everything else oh, that there is to <laughs> offer out here. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, why would you not want to spend more time yeah. in a yeah. place like this? Yeah. So, so you got out here out west through your journey in medicine. Yes, let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. So you, you say you went to school in New York City? Yeah, uh, yeah. SUNY Binghamton. So okay. it's
0: pretty n- near Syracuse, New York. Okay. Yeah,
1: and. um did you start out uh, nursing there, or did you was your first contract elsewhere?
0: Uh, oh, in terms of when I first started travel yes. nursing, yeah. Okay, yeah. my first travel nursing contract was in Florida, in Tampa.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. So um, you got to choose the location, right? Because that's how yeah the travel nursing yeah. scenario works. Yeah. What What drew you to Tampa? oh good question yeah so
0: so we have um the way that they place us for those positions is really cool because they, they staff nationwide so we can kind of give them a, a rough area you know of hey i want to be in san diego or in a city in florida you yeah. know like a broader region so um we had family already in the tampa area and um as anyone who for example you've moved from chicago and i don't know if you moved uh lived elsewhere before moving here but Anyone that's on a long-distance move knows that it's not easy thing. It's something that's very easy to talk about. Many times people right. will say, "I want to move here" or "I want to do this," um, but when you actually put these things into action and do these things, there's nothing easy about it. There's nothing cheap about it. There's nothing. Um, there's nothing easy about it. Moving, right? So initially, both of us were very apprehensive about that part, leaving our families because we're very close to them and kind of missing out on that proximity, being able to spend time with them literally every week, or, you know, or whatever. Um, so that's why we chose Florida, because we had a lot of relatives living there. And we're like, hey, it'll help us ease into this, you know, kind of new journey and, and being away from home.
1: Gotcha. So, uh, so a few quick questions. Uh, you you were moving with your wife. Yes. Correct. And how old were you at the time? Um uh, I don't remember my age, (laughs) but it was 2018.
0: Okay, gotcha. So not too, too long ago. No, yeah, four years ago. Gotcha, gotcha.
1: And how did you like your time in Tampa?
0: Oh, it was, it was really good.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I've liked things
0: about everywhere we've been, but, uh, Tampa, um, in terms of the, the city itself, it was really nice. Uh, downtown, like the, uh, they had a beautiful river walk down there. Um, like similar to like the one that Chicago has, um, fantastic beaches. Um, if you're familiar with the area, there's another uh, city called St. Petersburg, not far from there, which is absolutely beautiful as well. Um, it kind of fits every, you know, what, what people think of Florida, like palm trees and beautiful beaches and sunshine. Um, I just loved the laid-back culture down there and also uh, the weather, which was awesome. So that was actually the first time we lived somewhere that didn't have, like, winter, you know? So, like, growing up in New York, and, of course, you in Chicago, but um, I was used to snow and all that kind of stuff, everything that comes along with it. So it was nice. I just spent all my, the whole year in tank top and shorts. I mean, it didn't matter what month it was. Must have been nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, must have been nice. Um, So this profession that brought you Mm-hmm. To, to Tampa, the travel nursing. How did you get into that?
0: Good question. So uh, part of that is actually, it kind of goes back to where my Instagram handle has come from, actually. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. It's probably a good time to introduce why that's even that way. Um, so growing up, my dad is a physician. My brother's also a physician. Uh, my family has a whole slew of doctors um, that work in medical or work in medical. Um, so Growing up, even into, I want to say, about sophomore year of college, um, up until that point, I was actually on that track myself. So I was pre-med. I was taking all, you know, whatever courses are related to that, preparing for that. But every time it actually came up um, in a conversation, um, like, like oh, like, why are you doing this? Or, like, do you really want to do it? It was like kind of like nothing. Like, nothing came from that discussion. Like, I never felt passionate about it. I never actually felt like, It was the right path for me, Um, but I was also, and I'm still relatively, I would say, but I was very practical too, so I didn't want to um, switch to something completely different and take a big, big risk where I'm not sure where I'm going to end up after college, so after a lot of research and thinking, um, I ended up on nursing, and the reason for that was actually that I discovered that you could be um, a traveling nurse. Um, so that was actually one of the big reasons I even went to nursing school. Um, I planned to get experience and then use that to allow me to move around the country and, and work in all different states and hospitals. And it, and that's what kind of, you know, brought me there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What did you like most about that job in particular? Because I know you're kind of transitioning out of that right away yes but but what about that did you like while you were doing that for what it was like what four years yeah, or about so four now? years yeah, yeah. so w- what was the best part about that job besides the travel oh yeah
0: sure so before I started travel nursing certainly the profession itself was rewarding uh, that came with its challenges absolutely but with the traveling what was so awesome about it was literally I could fly to another state work full-time and on my days off, I had this whole playground that I've never been to. For example, when we, when we moved to um, uh, San Jose, San Francisco, um, what happened is usually nurses that work in the hospitals, typically they do three 12-hour shifts a week, and that's their full-time schedule. So that means you have three to four days a week to, if you're not picking up extra shifts, to, to go explore the area. Um, so I think that's what we loved the most about it, was that, yes, we were working full-time, but we were allowed to, like, had that ability to enjoy on our days off like a new area, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty sweet. I mean, it's having multiple days off like that yeah. would be a phenomenal benefit. Right. I mean, everyone, for the most part, gets Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, But, of course. but if you can have three or four day weekends yeah, every single week, yeah. that would be pretty yeah. cool. I mean, I can only imagine what I would do if I had that time every week. It'd be fun. So you came from Tampa to where after that? Uh, we went to California, San Jose. San Jose. Yeah. And how did San Jose on the West Coast compare to the East Coast? So again, lots of, some overlap, but lots of differences
0: too that, that we noticed. Um, what I love about California, I still do believe that, um, in terms of the landscape and like diversity of the landscape, I think California has like, and it's a very large state certainly, but it really has it all. Um, we absolutely loved our time there. Um, everything on the coast from inland. So Lake Tahoe, all the national parks. Um, it, it's just tremendously exciting to explore those areas. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, with all the places that you've been to, mm-hmm. you know, you've certainly seen some really cool things. But if you had to move again, where would you want to move to? <laughs> that's a good question. and I know the
0: answer to it. Because uh, before deciding to move here, that's something that, my wife and my wife's name is Shreya, that we would constantly talk about. And it's funny that you, you asked that question because even after we moved, so it's been about a year since we bought the house. We've been here longer than that, but we moved in in January. Um, and it still came up, you know, like maybe like a couple of months after moving in, like, Hey, like, did we do the right thing? Or like, if you could, you know, like, would you decide to move somewhere else? And every time we both end up on, no, that it would be right here. Hmm. Um, and again, a lot of it, goes back to both of our life experiences before that and like the places we've already lived and what we've seen and stuff because as you know this too or hear people say there's also tons of people that want to leave utah so but i've but i've seen that everywhere so for example in new york i've heard people say i don't want to live here anymore california i don't want to live here anymore i think a lot of that is um just uh, personal preferences are very different um, in, in terms of those things. And something that really comes to mind is, for example, uh, Utah is still a good example, but California. So California, there's tons of people who lived in California all their lives and haven't been to one national park. Right. Because that's just not their lifestyle or what they prefer to do with their time, you know? So I think all of those things come into play and, you know, kind of influence where you feel right at home. So Yeah.
1: And Salt Lake, and, you know, for a lot of people, and certainly like us, it definitely feels like home. Yeah. To a very real degree. Right. Um, so you were trying to transition out of the nursing field yes. Now yes. And, and dive more into photography. Yes. What sparked that change in you?
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: And uh, again, that's a great question and something I'm
0: very actively for the last three, four months, I want to say, kind of working on that transition. Um, so the spark that you're talking about, actually, it's been there since I started working as a nurse. So, I mentioned about how I never felt like it was the right fit for me to go to medical school but if you you know what we were just discussing I was never like it was not a pre-planned thing to go to nursing school either so before I switched into nursing I actually looked into a few different things like graphic design and things because I've always loved working on those types of things like I used to make simple websites um you know do graphic design just for myself personally um make simple websites for like friends for projects they're working on um so I actually considered switching to that but what what brought me into nursing was like the practicality of it was that hey after school I know that there's something I can count on and you know be secure now going further from that so fast forward to finishing nursing school and then actually starting I didn't know what I was signing up for in in a lot of a lot of different ways I mean that um like what I did day to day on a shift um all the responsibilities that I would have on a shift. Um, As I mentioned, I was exposed to what like a doctor does quite a bit growing up, you know, I saw what my dad did and then eventually my brother. So I knew kind of those things, but um, I didn't realize how stressful and how bad for my mental health it would be, honestly. And uh, fast forward again, so let's say two years, three years into my career, I had already started thinking about how I'm gonna escape, you know, like from that career. And, again, I'm grateful for what it's provided for my family. I'm grateful for everything I've learned. It's been, um, as a lot of people discuss, like, it's the challenges that are the things that actually help you grow in life. So I have learned so much and seen so much in the hospital where I work that it kind of set me up for um, being able to handle kind of everything that's thrown at me later, if that makes sense. Right. Um, But going back to the spark, so I already had known that, hey, like, eventually – I'm going to want to do something else. Like, this is not what I feel like I'm being compelled to do. Um, Until 2015, which I mentioned at the beginning, like, I didn't actually consider photography as that. Um, But actually, how I started photography was um, I would – I don't even think it was it wasn't our camera i feel like just at any family event, you know like i was actually the youngest so they would kind of just hand it off to me like kind of pawn off that responsibility but what i started to notice is people would come back and like look at you know like after the event they would look at the photos and they're like you have a good eye for that or like you're good at this and um i didn't really hear a lot of that growing up my parents were super like supportive in general so it's nothing like that but like something specific about a skill Like that, you know, like that, that I was good at. I didn't really hear a lot of that, but, uh, that goes back to probably just not doing much. Like, like I said, I did not spend time outdoors. I was spending hours playing video games all day and stuff like that. Right. So I kind of, I heard it enough that I was like, Hey, maybe this is something that I should look into further. And then I started to, you know, research further and like got my own camera and started doing paid, you know, shoots and stuff. And then it kind of just snowballed from there. And now going back to the previous question that you were asking about travel nursing, the interesting thing about that is like, if this was, let's say, for example, I never actually travel nursed and I stayed back home in New York, I was already like shooting weddings. I was doing engagement photos, all of that. But on the travel nursing journey with everything positive about it, there were some big negatives. So like, for example, one negative was that Okay, we ended up in San Jose, California, that we were discussing, right? But we're only there for three months. So we don't know anybody. I'm working a full time job with an irregular schedule, right? A nurses job. So, what problem that posed was even if I tried to get the word out to like the local community that, you know, I'm doing this type of work, nobody knew me, you know? And, and, and for in three months, it's tough to be working full time and focus on those endeavors. So, something that's been Amazing about finally finding where we feel at home here in Utah and um, having time is to really focus on that, you know, career. Um, So, like the last three, four months, I mean, I've I did my last travel job in Portland, Oregon, that was in July. Uh, Ever since then, I've been working uh, pretty with, you know, like committed. Uh, you know, focus to photography. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk more about that, but it, it's giving me the time to focus on that, if you will. Like, you know, working for the last seven, eight years as a nurse, you know, having built up, you know, a little nest egg so that I can focus on these things that actually, you know, mean something to me.
1: So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. and And there's definitely a real thing of what you just mentioned about not having the time or, like, being so new to a place and not being able to really build some kind of, client base or a following in a new home you know that you're only there for three months like that's hard unless you already had a following to begin with right and your work is known right nationally like but for most of us we don't have that ability um and especially if you're doing things like portraits and weddings like a lot of your work comes from word of mouth yeah absolutely and and so you get to a new place and it's like suddenly you know no one (laughs) There is no word of mouth. Yes. There's no spreading mm-hmm. of your work. Right. And so you have to start all over again. Yeah. But it's good to hear that you you think you've finally found a place where you want to maybe settle down. Yeah. And, you know, start that up, which would be cool. I want to go back to something you said sure. in, in that where you mentioned you didn't really have, like, the passion for nursing. Right. And it made it tough to deal with a lot of the negatives of it because right. – because I experienced that a little bit myself as well, mm-hmm. going through my coaching career. Right. I knew, I don't know, three or four years before that. While I enjoyed volleyball and it was my life, there was something about it that I'm like, I don't think this is it for me. Right. And I never really could get past that and actually move on. Mm-hmm. But I knew there was something, right. and that made it at the end. I was like, I can't take this anymore. Like I got to be done. And right. so I got out of it, but it's the same thing with you. But when you find that new thing that you found yeah. in photography, same right. way with me, sure, you can go through anything with it. Yeah, and it really speaks. It's like mm-hmm. it's not so much, um, you know, what it is you're trying to do, but it's finding your why, right? And finding the thing you're Absolutely. passionate in. Yeah, um, I know that there's a famous quote from Viktor Frankl mm-hmm. in his Man's Search for Meeting. It's um, fantastic book, <laughs> yeah, fantastic book. It's definitely one that, that people should mm-hmm. should go pick up. But it's you know people can survive anything if they have a why. Hundred percent. And it yeah. sounds like it's kind of what you went through too. Yeah. It's like you know if you're not really into something like nursing, it's gonna be hard to stick that out through through thick and thin. Right. But if hopefully this photography thing works out right. for you, yeah. You know, sky's the limit. Yeah, which absolutely. is awesome. So let's talk about what you're doing now. Sure. So I know you had recently signed uh, a deal with a company i can't remember the name of it
0: oh yeah i think you're referring to Hellmanor. yes yes. Yeah. yes
1: so let's talk about Hellmanor. Sure. so yeah. what are you doing for them and sure. what does that job or contract look like
0: yeah awesome so um before i even go in specifically about Hellmanor, um it's really interesting because again it relates to everything we're talking about like um how you plan for things in life but it's important to plan but it, it rarely actually turns out how you expect to and that's kind of like how bushwhacker started which we were discussing before so um is a it's a art gallery based in laguna beach um the the founder his name is actually brent brent blossom so um i actually i've been selling my photos I, i would say like i've like, when I actually first listed my photos for sale, maybe, like, two years ago, you know, like, I actually opened, like, an Etsy shop and listed some stuff, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, I didn't actually expect it to go that way, but, like, you know how it worked, like, you know, I'll post to them, and I'm gonna retire from this, you know, I'm gonna quit. Obviously, that did not work, and there's things I've learned along the way that now I understand why it didn't happen that way, but anyway, so, like, so now coming back to, like, how I, you know, just finished my last job in July and decided to get really, you know, uh, serious about it, so... I kind of went through it all again. So I relisted uh, photos, Um, uh, you know, all the specifics about it, how I'm going to fulfill orders and all this kind of stuff that goes along with it. Now, during the course of that, I decided to uh, make an Instagram specifically for my shop. So that way, kind of when somebody comes there, they can quickly see that like what 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 the goal is, that this is just photography it's art that you can buy and, and so it's straight to the point versus like someone um which i see often is the case like you know when you go to like someone's personal page it's not always apparent that they even sell their photos you know and a lot of times people are not going to click on links and all that kind of stuff so anyway this um the shop hell Manor, what happened was i was actually as i started posting um on my shop uh profile somehow you know with the algorithm or whatever i started to interact with more companies um there are you know, other companies that started, like, four or five years ago that are lifestyle decor, you know, art companies like that. Um, Hellman Orr was one of the ones that came up, I think, I don't remember if I saw, like, an advertisement or something, but, I, you know, I followed them um, in hopes that actually, like, you know, down the line, maybe they want to do a partnership or something. So I actually, I reached out to Brent one day, and what's funny is he, he responded right away. He was like, oh, yeah, like, you have excellent, you know, work and stuff. But he was confused also about, like what that page was. He thought that I was actually do like a like an art sales company um, because of the quality of the photos and he really liked them. So he thought that I actually had like agreements with photographers that I was selling their photos for them. And I was like, no, like this is all my work because I had to make it clear that this is my work. I'm not selling other people's, you know, work. So it kind of just, you know, went from there, but we discussed more. Um, he actually, he worked in creative, you uh, and marketing for at least 10 years, actually, himself. Uh, So it's very interesting that um, you can actually go on the Hellmanoa website and read their story to get a little bit more insight on this. But he started the company after years and years of developing other people's brands, other people's uh, companies. And he finally decided that he wanted to do something himself, you know, for himself, for his family. Um, And it kind of just matched what a lot of us are are hoping to to do you know eventually at some point. Um, and then um, he actually he thought my work was you know good enough to feature on his website. There's about I think like nine or ten photographers uh, right now. Um, it was very meaningful to hear from someone who works in creative um, who has experience in that industry, um, and him seeing that there was something in my work that you know kind of matched his um, mission with the company. Um, and like that's kind of very new like as you just mentioned so like i think i think my collection just went live there like three weeks ago or something um and he's i mean he is like tremendously passionate about his company um you know advertising and everything right now Uh, we made some sales and i'm I'm actually probably going to be working closer with him uh, um on his team so um, I don't know exactly how that looks, but it could, you know, mean that I'm going out to California more again, which I'm never supposed to go to <laughs> California, you know. Um, so it kind of just kind of, you know, seeing where it goes. Um, but it's certainly going back to what we were discussing before, like everything we planned, it's not something I ever expected to be doing, though. Like I expected to, okay, because I've shot some weddings, right? So I was like, oh, I'm going to be a wedding photographer, like shoot weddings. Wedding. And now it's like I don't even really... I do it, and I do enjoy elopements. It's a little bit different, but um, I don't even think about that though, because like I'm more passionate about this aspect of it, um, and I didn't plan that though. Like it was never my intention to end up here, so uh, so it's very exciting. Yeah,
1: and you gotta remind me, how long have you been shooting?
0: Um, so I would say about 2015,
1: and that's when I got my Sony A7 II. Gotcha. So yeah. seven years yeah. or so. Yeah. Is this the Obviously, besides the work you've done with portraits, yeah. weddings, and right. all that, is this the first kind of big contract work you've gotten?
0: Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent.
1: And so, I think that. Okay, go ahead. I was gonna say, what does the, um, what does like the validation from someone else like that mean to you?
0: Oh man, that's hard to hard to put into words. Very hard to put into words because um, I think it's just my personality that I, not to say that I need that. Getting that from people I respect, like you, Chandler, what have you, like, like getting that respect, it makes me want to be better, to improve, to keep going uh, versus not getting that, if that makes sense. So it's not like what I derive my value from, but getting that validation from people I respect helps me evolve and, and keep improving.
1: Yeah, it helps shape your path. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about improving a little bit. What have you found most helpful to you in terms of getting better at this craft? Oh, man. Um, I think surrounding myself
0: with other people who are better at what I'm trying to do um, is the easiest way in any industry field is to be the dumbest person in the room, to be the person who is not the most talented. And if you surround yourself with people like that, it's kind of like a natural. You're just going to they're going to rub off on you and you're just going to improve. Kind of because you have to, <laughs> right? to kind of yeah, the you only, know, keep
1: up, try, you know. Yeah, the only so, way is up from there. Yeah. Um, and that, that's a great thing. Now, when you were first learning, what was that process like for you in terms of figuring out how to use a camera, you know, to a better degree and, and taking better photos? Sure. Um, to this day, I have not taken a
0: photography class or a course. OK, as lots of photographers, right, these days have not. Um, but I still have not taken a course or anything yet. I plan to, to kind of you know hone the craft more um, along the way. But I just, as many, I went on YouTube. I went on um, online resources, a lot of websites that had um, tutorials and um, information. Specifically, when I first started shooting um, paid work um, is actually when I first started learning about manual mode, um, the exposure triangle, everything. And what was so funny for me is, like, actually in college, like, I did fine, obviously. I got good grades. I I made it through and everything. But I never recall being in a class and being, like, so, um, like, listening so intently to what was being taught because I just wasn't there. Like, I was somewhere else, even though I was physically there. But then with all this stuff, I was like oh that makes sense like oh aperture it's like you know, how open this you know and then how it changes you know like depending on what the shutter speed is if you want to capture motion if you want to slip whatever all these things it was very exciting to, to learn and it was actually the only thing that I had like researched and learned uh, independently outside of school whatever you know my assignments were and stuff um, so it was all from YouTube pretty much yeah, yeah. tremendous resources
1: yeah and yeah. I think I think that's really a testament to like what it's like today and the fact that you don't have to go to like organized school or classes oh, yeah. absolutely in order to yeah. learn and get better at a lot of yeah. stuff like absolutely. what we do. yeah, you know th- there are definitely a lot of things like you know I have a math degree mm-hmm. and go to school for that right. <laughs> don't don't try to do that on your own. But for a lot of the creative stuff, like photography, video stuff, graphics, I mean, you can pick it up on your absolutely. own. I mean I was the same way. Um, I feel like most everyone we know is that way too. Yeah. And it's like, you just have to dive into something. Right. But it really is like, it's funny how that changes when you find something that you love to do. Absolutely. And that, that's the biggest difference mm-hmm. of all of it. So with this new craft, obviously you have this this work you're doing now with Helm and Order. Yeah. But where do you want to go? Like, what is it that you want to accomplish in this space? Yeah. And again, that's a good question. And it's not um,
0: something I have um, have like a solid plan for because again, just... Um, I recall actually, and I'm gonna bring him up because he's been instrumental in my development in general. He's a very good friend of mine. But like in general, like really, besides my parents and my uh, besides my parents, my brother is my best friend. His, his name is Sumit. He's a doctor. He's an ER doctor in Florida. Um, but we are absolutely like close. He's my best friend. Um, I've leaned on him heavily. He's only a year older than me. But through the years, basically, everything has been easy for me because I've just seen what he did and then like just kind of copied him and emulated what he's doing in life. And you can't steer wrong when you're following someone's footsteps that's succeeding and kind of has the life you want. So in addition to my brother, one other good friend of mine, his name is Bharat. Um, He actually works. um, It's kind of like different because like I'm a nurse. So it's kind of very kind of clear, like what my role is at work and stuff. But he works in like non-healthcare. He's worked in a lot of technology, IT stuff. So he's over the last few years he's been like my only contact who works in like a field that's really different from mine that i could ask questions about and like learn gain insight into another industry and um i had a phone call with Bharat i want to say i had just gone to scotland and ireland and i just uh, you know came back um and we had you know i remember texting him i was like you know this because he knows about the travel nursing and he knows how i feel about you know wanting to change um he's heard me say that I want to do more photography for years actually um so I was like you know what? I'm really serious this time like I need help I have some questions and I feel like you could help me um and he's really good about okay so we had to schedule a call we're talking on the phone he's really good about kind of like what you're doing in podcasts and asking people questions is instead of like offering what he thinks he he would do or like tell you what to do, he is awesome at asking the right questions that just dig deeper and deeper into like what what I'm actually saying to him, right? He's very good at getting, you know, into the nitty gritty of it. So out of that phone call, really what I understood from that phone call, he was like, it sounds to me like you need to commit, and I was like, what do you mean? like I'm serious about it like i'm i'm I've got I'm improved my skills over the years, like you know like I'm serious about this. He was like, Are you serious? like you know, like without saying those words like, are you serious? like did you commit to this decision that you want to grow your photography business? And I was like, in my head again, all, a lot of this was unsaid, but he did he did ask like, I think it sounds like you need to commit um and for me, that was like the perfect timing to hear that because. Um, you know, I had just finished that contract. I did not, and I do not want to go on another contract. So here, my one of my good friends is, like, basically calling me out and saying, like, you're not committed, and that's the only issue. So after that day, basically, like, every day I woke up from that point has been a little different in terms of, for example, like, the day before. And again, when you – that's another thing about when you're uh, – like, when you're in co- – complete control of your schedule what have you um so like as a nurse i was not you know i just shift schedule and i followed it whatever on my days off i could do whatever i wanted but often i didn't have the energy to do so so now imagine you have 24 hours a day seven days a week open free to a lot of people that sounds like what they want but once you have that it's it's not easy to kind of provide a structure for yourself and that's kind of the stuff that I discussed with Bharat and um, I realized quickly that I had no structure. I had no, you know, like I wasn't actually, you know, uh, doing those actions that are going to help me, you know, progress further. So basically since that conversation, um, I made a lot of changes. Like I would write down things that I was going to do for my photography business, which is versus, versus like just, you know, it would be nice to do this or, uh, you know, one day I'll do this. Um, So that's been very helpful. Um, And that's kind of, how we ended up here, like with this partnership with Helmenor and all this stuff. But it's it's changed. Like even in the last three months, I thought that I was gonna be more focused on shooting weddings, for example. But again, that's not something that's a priority to me anymore. It's all these other things about photography as an art form that are actually inspiring me. So if that, you know, I feel like that gives enough background to your question. Yeah. So
1: yeah. So I got another question here for you. Yes. I think you're gonna like this one. <laughs> Let's say you've committed to photography now, yeah. which you have. Right. You know, you said you were following, like, your brother's example. Right. For the most part. And it's great to follow people who excel at things. Right. You know, are good role models. Like, you need that in your life. But how are you going to separate yourself?
0: Just in the industry. Right. And that that is a great question. Um, For example, working as a nurse for the last eight years, yes, even in the workplace, in the hospital, like, there are top performers. There are people who are very knowledgeable and do well. But it's a little bit like... um, like I could just do my job and that was like enough, you know, like take care of my patients, be authentic, and and which is easy for me. I love that aspect of my job, but it was not, it didn't require constant evolution and like leveling up my skills, if you, if you will. Um, So with this photography, something that has been difficult and challenging in the last, I would say like two, three years, uh, when I started shooting more landscape specifically is like, I remember, like, maybe, like, for, like, two, three months, I would, you know, like, I'd be on Instagram. I'm talking about, like, two, three years ago now. Um, like, hey, you know, I want to grow, or, like, I want to grow an audience, you know? And then, like, you would post something, and then, like, it's crickets. You'd post something, nobody sees it, you know? Like And, and, and then it's funnier, too, when it's, like, a photo that you absolutely love, and you're like, this is awesome. Um, I haven't seen photos like this before, and still the same thing. Um, so how to, like, because this relates to your question, like, what di- would differentiate me from, or like other, any, any artist is, I think that you have to start by staying authentic. So at the very beginning, it's just staying authentic. So you're not creating something to share or, or um, creating something that's influenced by what you're seeing other people create. Because then you're not adding, you, you're not adding to, or, or something substantial, you're, you're kind of just... You're becoming one of the herd in a way in a way in a way yeah yeah um so i think that that's kind of the foundational thing where just because like let's say um someone any type of artist i'm talking about like painters or dancers or whatever whatever art form it you know you want to discuss like you could do something like authentic and be really good at it for like six years seven years eight years ten years and still go unnoticed so it's it's like, that's the difficulty of that, I feel, of the creative industry. And something that's completely different from my medical field. It it, it was never part of it. So it's been something very new for me to develop that.
1: Gotcha. And I, I love that. I think what you spoke to there is, is something me and Chandler have talked about mm. a little bit. And that's really creating art for yourself. Right. And not feeling the pressure, especially with right. social media. Because social media is a bad culprit yeah. with this. Yeah. Like you should make stuff that you're proud of yes. and share that stuff yes, Absolutely, and not just go out and get the right. photo that everyone yes. else has gotten. Right. Be Like, Oh, I've done this now. And it's great to do that stuff. Of you course. Know, yeah. There's cool places yeah. to see. You absolutely. should do all of it. Absolutely. But like, you should never give in to the pressures and, and yeah. only do one thing or, or whatever, because you know, you feel like you have to, right. You should always be doing something you want to. And I think there's so much more value in that too. Oh yeah. Um, Let's uh let's transition into something that I really am excited to talk to you about. Sure. Because while you do a great job with photography and all that stuff, mm-hmm. another thing that you like to do a lot is share, I guess what I would call some wisdom oh, yeah. on social media. <laughs> yeah. So you'll do a lot of tweets or you'll share yeah. other people's things sure. on Mr. Getting Like, you know. Um, but I want to dive into this a little bit sure. because you and I kind of share a little bit of this yeah. same passion for this. Mm-hmm. Um, where does like your inspiration and motivation come to do that on social media? Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So good question. So it kind of goes back to when I first started doing that in the first place is actually when I picked up a book. So many years ago, um, I would actually kind of just go into my parents' um, bookshelf and uh, pick up. Brand of books because they had fantastic um, ones there Um, and most of those were written like they were like biographies or like as we were discussing before just like life stories um, real life practice and um, that was like my first experience reading like something outside of school so you know I did that for years um, and it kind of I realized like the inspiration that you can take or um, you know develop further from people that um, you know have lived or done things that you're hoping to do one day rather right so certainly i was inspired by that i learned a lot from that and then along the way basically it developed from just what i read or you know, like a book it just tv shows movies listening to friends uh, from conversations um i realized that there are professors i should preface this by saying there are a lot of like sayings and things that like a lot of people say but they don't actually like live that way And there's tons of those that we could talk about. Um, But in my case, those things inspire me first, if that makes sense. So because it inspires me, a couple of years ago, I finally felt comfortable sharing that with others, if that makes sense. So for years, these things have been inspiring me personally. But I thought, hey, like I wish that a few years ago it would have been helpful if one of my friends or there was someone that – uh, I knew that could tell me these things so that's why I share them um, in hopes simply to inspire other people the same way it inspires me and that's where it comes from um, is, if that makes sense
1: yeah yeah absolutely um, and it's funny because like I share a lot of that same kind of journey maybe um, and especially I share the the same passion for reading yeah um, I will admit I haven't been great this year yes with everything going on but um, <laughs> but I understand that we have a shared favorite, Book. Absolutely, yeah. And that is The Alchemist yes. by Paulo Coelho. Yes. What is it about that book that you enjoy the most? Yeah, that's that's a good question. And that is probably
0: the first book, um, like, you know, like novel type book that I read, um, besides those other ones I was talking about, outside of whatever was required of me in school. Um, that book, what, what really, st- like, you know, stayed with me was how it made me feel. I remember reading it for the first time. I remember reading about the journey that he was constantly like striving or looking for something. Um, and then eventually, you know, along the way that he picked up wisdom or, you know, interact with other travelers, if you will, um, who imparted wisdom on him. But a lot of it, like, for example, like we were discussing, like personal legend or like, um, it is written. Maktub is the word that they use in the book. Um, is like hard to explain, you know, just the feeling that it made me feel, um, certainly inspirational, but uh, more about um, that, that courage, courage to kind of just press onward and and take risks in life. I think that's what I really stayed with me from that book was the courage that he had and the risk that he took.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like the, the courage to write your own life. Yeah. Like to not let other people dictate and to do what it is that, you know, you aspire to achieve right and that's what that whole book was the the whole idea of of personal legend it's like you have a story that you can uncover for your own life right but you're the one that gets to write it absolutely if you so choose you can let other people do it for you but you know that you always have that power inside of you absolutely to to change things up you know you can start out in new york get into some kind of nursing career that takes you around the country and be like yo i'm done with this (laughs) <laughs> but, like, that's, that's the cool part about mm-hmm. when you find a book like that that moves you, like, those lessons, they just stick it stays, inside stays of you. stays with you. Like, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, I mean, it's incredible to, mm-hmm. to see. And it could be any kind of book. Oh, yeah. You know, you mentioned biographies, too. I've read a ton of, of biographies as mm-hmm. well. And, like, you know, some of those people, like, one of my favorite characters in history is Ulysses S. Grant. Mm-hmm. So much that I named, my, I named my truck after him, <laughs> you know? And it's like you find examples in, in literature, in history, yes. whatever – you know, we're looking at here and definitely like they just move you in a way that's hard to explain. Yes. Like you said. It is. And yeah, you know, it's it's a really cool feeling when you're going through that. Yeah. Um what I wanna ask you, what of all the biographies that you've read or, or people that you've kind of I guess mm-hmm. done research on or whatever, what is one of your favorite characters or who is someone that you have connected with the most? And you're just talking in terms of
0: like books I've read. Sure,
1: yeah. Sure. Okay.
0: I would say actually it wasn't very recent. I remember it being – it was actually around the time I was studying for my board exam. So I'm talking about a number of years ago now. Um, but I was actually re- – I read the uh, biography uh, biography of Steve Jobs. Okay, yeah. So I gained a lot of – so I was basically reading that book along with studying for, for the exam I had to take, you know. Um, I gained a lot of insight from that book. Something that was interesting to me was um, – the, the kind of the background with him and Steve Wozniak, for example, like their dynamics with one another. Um, and the reason that was so interesting is like he was kind of like the one who inspired the team around them to build these products out those years ago, you know, versus being the one who ha- always had the best ideas or, um, or like the technical knowledge behind it. And the reason why that was so striking to me was that Uh, and and actually Chandler brought this up before. It was like a lot of the things that people do in life, you cannot do without a solid team around you. Um, it's just not possible. Um, and, and I think that was something that really struck me because I was like, if you want to create an impact and that's what he talked about his dent in the universe, you know, um, if you want to create impact, you cannot do it alone, period. You cannot. Um, Happiness and success, I feel, are two concepts that people often kind of put together, and I think it's a bad idea. And the reason I think it's a bad idea is, I've been happy for years, and this will make sense in a moment. But I've been happy for years, but when you, because my definition of success is, it, it doesn't even factor in happiness. You know, it's completely unrelated in my in my world. So, but I haven't been successful. Okay. So I've always been happy, but I haven't been successful. So the reason I'm trying to separate those two is because when I realized that if I want to be successful or create an impact, there is no way that I'm going to be able to do it alone. You need to surround yourself with other people like you, like Chandler, other people um, as a team to build something that's bigger than you, you know?
1: So, yeah, that's great. I mean, that's, it speaks to what the whole idea of leadership is like, right. obviously, Steve Jobs was yeah. a great leader sure. of, of the company and a big reason why Apple is sure. as big as it is yeah. today. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it takes people like that that are going to really make an impact on, on right. the world and, and other, other people individually as well. Um, to some degree, what you do on on social media when you're sharing all those other thoughts, that's, that's a really good start, right. you know, and it's, it's especially for a lot of people, like they just need to hear some of those things, yes. you know? Yeah. Um, what i like to do here real quick is go through uh, at least a couple of your sure, tweets. Yeah. And what I'd like to, to hear from you is maybe background sure. of where that tweet came from sure. and and maybe expand upon it a little bit if sure. you can. Sure, sounds good. Okay, so here's one. It is, you, you wrote, it is often the very activities that you know are healthy for you, that you're avoiding, that are the only activities that will propel you into your next evolution things that make you feel good won't necessarily help you evolve it's often what you're avoiding doing that will
0: yeah so again all of these things are always me first so like it inspired me first or like it applies to me and i hope that it helps someone that's the whole point that i put it out there um but in this case i remember i was talking about in terms of myself um just often the things that we procrastinate on or the things um that we want to put off because of whatever reason like we get uncomfortable or we're scared often it's something that is really outside our comfort zone those are the things that are going to allow us to get into a space that we're actually wanting to be so you could either push through and and you know kind of face that fear and press on or you can just do what makes you feel good and you can stay where you are and you can keep dreaming about ending up somewhere better, but it's not going to happen. Um, and this kind of applies to kind of more profound things in life, but also just something as simple as like weightlifting, which we've been discussing actually. So I, I know it's not very apparent, but I have been, this is probably the most consistent I've been exercising in like five, six years, you know? So it's a big deal for me. Um, I've, consistently i think for 7 weeks now actually i've been lifting uh every week so it relates to that because for example like if you neglect a certain body group or muscle group and you're talking about like 4 or 5 years from now like let's say you only do like bicep curls let's say right for like 5 years 5 years from now big biceps. there's going to be some proportional issues right like you're going right. to have chicken legs or whatever but like it applies to that in terms of often it's because people don't like to do those exercises or whatever, you know, it's just an example. So that's what that was about, you yeah. know, just trying to keep myself accountable and stay on track. So
1: Yeah, I, I love that. And it's like you have to have, like, the discipline to look where you don't want to. Yes. Because that's where you're going to find Absolutely. the answers. Whether oh, it's, yeah. it's building a business, working out, yeah. like we said, like it yeah. applies to everything, Yeah, you know. And if you're really looking to grow in any kind of way, you have to be willing to try some new things. Absolutely, and I think a yeah. lot of people, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit. I think a lot of people seek comfort, yeah. These days, but comfort yeah. is not going to help you grow. No, you have no. to be willing to push yourself to new limits and new bounds Absolutely. if you wanted to see something Absolutely. new.
0: Absolutely, and just going along with that, if you are comfortable and
1: content, and you don't want to, that's okay too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's, it's okay, <laughs> yeah. to be comfortable exactly. and be happy for exactly. like I, I can right. do a brief example, like when I first moved here mm-hmm. i was in and in, got into photography was starting mm-hmm. to see a lot of these places i was very happy because yeah. it was like the first right. time that i was ever in this kind of i'll say state but i don't mean utah i mean like state mm-hmm. of mind or something right. where like i just felt really good yeah. and i was like you know what i'm just gonna enjoy this for a bit yeah. you know and then this year started like, okay we got to do something we got to mm-hmm. make some moves and yeah. that's what we've been doing right so it's okay to feel some exactly of that, exactly but Right. You got to get out of it at right. some point. Right. And, and and that, again, perfectly relates to because,
0: for example, as you guys were both discussing earlier before we started, that um you had been thinking about doing certain things, but it just wasn't the right timing, whatever. And that's OK. But you can't then sit and say, oh, like we're not growing or like it's not happening because you just weren't ready at the time. But then you started doing it and like you're doing the podcast and all these photography uh, you know uh,
1: meetups that you guys have been doing and it's incredible to see and I love to be a part of it so yeah yeah. you know like it makes me think of this idea that's like dreams are great to have but they have to be accompanied by action absolutely you can't just sit around (laughs) like you have you have to start making something happen for your life if you want to see something new so you want things change you can't just sit back
0: right 100%
1: Um, let's go to a second one here you wrote if you're unprepared." When the inevitable occurs, isn't that on you? It was inevitable after all. Mm.
0: That's an interesting one you chose because it's probably a little bit, for some people, it might be a little darker than you might be. Explaining. I'm not sure. But that was actually, so as I mentioned that I'm often in my head, just, that's just my personality, you know, constantly thinking about things and how I can make sure I'm doing the right things and improve and all, whatever's going on. So that was actually in, in regards to mortality, actually. Oh, I love it. So uh, so a little of that is related to my job, of course. Sure. Um, But certainly, I've seen a lot of mortality at work. Um, My, I'm trying to think. In in the, you know, pretty much my entire career has been in critical care in the ICU. So I've been taking care of the sickest of the sickest. Um, Often they were not even able to talk to me. You know, Um, it was often just the family members. So this was actually just in terms of I was I don't remember if I was watching something or if some article about uh, someone's passing or but it just kind of made me think of you know um like our the grief process that when someone passes away especially when there's someone close to you that it's something inevitable it's gonna happen all of us but but then isn't it surprising that we're not ready for it when it comes so that's where that was kind of it's yeah
1: it's like a short sentence but there's like a lot in it so oh oh, no i i I seriously love it and like i'm so happy where you went with that yeah because when i when i brought that up this is the Mm -hmm. reason i picked it yeah um like i had an idea of what that meant to me Mm -hmm. and it's exactly what you were talking about interesting so what i love about it is that it's it's a very like stoic Right, uh, yeah. Saying. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know. Have you read any of the Stoics before? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a very mm-hmm. Stoic saying. Yeah. And I was just reading in, in Seneca's letters the other day, oh, wow. like literally like two <laughs> days ago. Wow. One of his letters about death. And it's exactly yeah. what you just said. Yeah. You know, if you can if you can spend time thinking about something in advance, you take the power yeah. of, say, at least like these negative exactly. emotions in and stuff terms, yes. away from that yes. when that moment comes. Yeah. And so like with death, like... Right we're all going to experience it of course and yeah. so in a way it is our duty to figure out how to die well right and we have to yeah. we have to ponder that a little bit you yeah. can't just put it off and then the day comes it's like oh well this uh this is scary yeah you know yeah. but so i love where you were yeah. because i was like this is exactly yeah. what i was and hoping that, for. that
0: was what it was uh, related about and a lot of those things that you just mentioned that um it's just one of those things that we all know is true or it's going to happen but we often just put that off. And and, and, and naturally, a lot of people are not comfortable. See, I've worked in healthcare, not just in healthcare, but with patients that often pass on us you know so it's become part of my career so like you know that stuff kind of trickles into your personal life but like for for the general people like it's very normal not to want to discuss those things or feel comfortable
1: around it yeah or even just like you know i'll use the example of say losing your job and not that it's inevitable you're gonna lose your job yeah but something like that can easily be taken from you one day absolutely and and so it's like you said that like (laughs) you should have a little bit of forethought and foresight to actually Think right. about what right. might happen to you or mm-hmm. what you might be able to do in, in that, in the case that event right. happens. Right. Um, it's just, it's an important thing to, right. to keep in mind. Yeah. So I love that one. Yeah. That was, I read them like, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> um, here's another one. We'll make this from the last one. Sure. It needs to be bigger than you. Only then will you find purpose, something real, something eternal, something worth fighting for. Tell yeah, me about that
0: one. That's a good one. And again it's very important to me as it's my pin tweet. <laughs> so it's something that I kind of keep, like, so whenever I log into my profile, that's what I see too. Um, and that is really, it, it does p- to me personally right now, that kind of relates directly to what I'm uh, working on with Brent uh, for Helminor. Um, and the reason for that is because, for example, I enjoy, and I've, and I've done a few of them so far, like shooting like elopement weddings. It's very meaningful because this is literally the most important moment that a couple shares or whatever, um, you know, in their life. And it's like very precious to be included in that, be invited to be in that. Um, But there's a limit to what um, like you can do on your own, if you will. And it's also a limit to what your personal like um, I would say discipline, like your personal discipline will compel you to like, you know, like a limit to how far you're going to be willing to go. Um, versus, um, you know, like when you're part of a bigger team or a bigger purpose, you're going to be willing, it's going to be easier to do things that you normally would not have felt like yourself
1: capable of. So. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, to some degree, not to, to toot our own horn, but that's kind of one of the guiding ethoses of, of bushwhackers. Absolutely. What we're doing, yeah. you know, we yeah. love to, to meet new people and, and try and find a way to collaborate with them right. if we can. It's the whole point mm-hmm. of this podcast yeah. is to right. find people like you right. who are yeah. a good part of our community that sure. we that we love to sure. be with, yeah. but it's not about our podcast, it's about trying to get your name out there, right. you know, sure. and and yeah. working together with people like that makes bigger things happen than you could ever imagine, yeah. Yeah. and it's important that you do that. Yeah. Um, well, I think that was a really good way to get us here to the end of the episode, but I have one more question for you. All right. Okay. With all of this inspirational, motivational stuff in mind Mm -hmm. right now, I want you to think about everything you've been through, all the wisdom that's up inside your noggin. What is something that you think a lot of people need to hear in order to help them better their life in some way?
0: Wow. So that's a very loaded question and it can go many ways. Um, I think that what comes to mind the quickest and often I feel that that's the right answer to go with, um, I think would be to surround yourself or at least allow people to mentor you who are where you want to be in life. Pretty simple, like exactly what what it sounds like is like if you want to end up somewhere or have something or live a certain way the most logical way to end up there is to follow in the footsteps of those who have done those things. So that's kind of what I, and fortunately, in my case, I was kind of besides like the photography aspect of it, just the lifestyle and life stuff. Fortunately, because of my family, the way I grew up, I was given that by default. And I feel so lucky for that um, that I was able to just kind of have that childhood and and, um, early adulthood and learn those things just from my family and not have to go elsewhere. But if you're talking about like an industry like photography or um, any any industry, if you want to be an architect, whatever it may be, is you need to surround yourself with people who have done the things that you want to do.
1: So That's great, Emmett. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate you coming on the show with us. You know, I think we should come on here again and, and do a full episode Sounds of good. just these philosophical <laughs> things. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, but before we leave, can you tell people where they can find you?
0: Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so probably the easiest place is uh, on Instagram. Um, my handle is not Dr. Patel. Uh, we talked about why, a little bit of why that is, um, because I often was mistaken for Dr. Patel at work. That's where that came from. Um, uh, so, yeah, mostly uh, uh, posting photos on Instagram there. And then my website is www.nimitpatel.com.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. And you have Twitter. Don't forget that. Uh, that's, uh, that's private. <laughs> oh, it's private. Okay, he doesn't want you to follow there, but definitely follow him. On Instagram, he's got great photos and obviously some great inspirational stuff as well. Nimit, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, um, if you're listening at home, um, especially audio only, we do have the video podcast here on YouTube. You can find us at at, at Bushwhackers. Uh, we also are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music now. So we're awesome. we're expanded. That is doing phenomenal. All, doing some big things. But we also have a website at realbushwhackers.com. Um You can go on there. You can find a cool hat like Nimit's got on right now. Yeah, Yeah, so we got some good things. Uh, Nimit, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely, we're gonna cheers the pink juice. Send us out here.
0: Yes.